This episode of Shifting the Narrative on Everything Autism is brought to you by us, because we are now shameless shills. Anyway, Stacy, tell us about this new product you're offering. I promise this isn't actually a joke, guys. This is an actual service that we hope will help people that is completely legitimate. I'm not making a joke, so I'm just gonna shut up and let Stacy talk. And I will say, it's um, it was an idea that I had based on conversations with families, and so far it's so good. I typically do parent coaching, and lately I've been doing coaching for either college-age autistic individuals or newly diagnosed autistic moms. I am now doing ADHD coaching. So it's really about helping teens and young adults, uh, specifically uh, teens and young adults like getting ready for adulthood, right? Or maybe trying to reach some new goals in high school and they're just wanting to be more independent but frustrated with the interference of uh, ADHD, the executive functioning, not working all the time efficiently. It is designed to help the individual understand their ADHD because everyone experiences ADHD differently and also to help them understand their strengths and what works really well for them and how we can use those strengths to compensate for the challenges, right? So if your executive functioning is glitchy and there are certain things that you're not able to complete, start, finish, and it's interfering, like you're maybe not turning your um, assignments in on time or you're not getting to work on time. We work on strategies uh, to help with that. Uh, so I'm excited about this being available. The, the reason I actually thought of it is because the young adults that are coming to me, Torin, they, they never got an opportunity to learn this. So they're coming to me because they've crashed, they failed the semester, they've had a mental health crisis. If they would have been able to learn the things they're learning now when they were teens or before they went to college or when they first started college, then we may have been able to avoid some of the disasters and the chaos that has occurred. We have a lot of new listeners. Can you tell us like who you are, what are your credentials? You know, it's really funny because some of my older clients don't know a lot about my career, but what I will say is my background is in speech therapy. That's how I started my career. And then I sort of transitioned into um, an obsession with uh, autism and trying to understand it, this was like 20 plus years ago, before Google, before Amazon, before social media, of course. And that has just been my thing since. So I have gotten certifications around sensory integration therapy. I have gone back and gotten another master's in child development uh, as, I guess it's a psychology master's. So I have educated myself, but I've also done a lot of experience to be able to learn. And of course I have sat at the table with, collaborated and learned with many, many neurodivergent individuals from ADHD, autism, dyslexia, and all the other things that are sort of umbrella under that. What are some of the strategies you use to help these teens and young adults achieve their goal? One of the things that I think I really have to, to in terms of a strategy, is something probably most folks don't think of as strategy, but it's trying to help the teen and the young adult figure out what they want their day to look like. Do you like it chaotic? I met for the first time with a 19-year-old. This is second semester in college. And I asked him what he wanted to work on. And he said, organization. And I said, okay. So we started talking about some things. And so then I asked some questions and, you know, he was turning his assignments in. He wasn't looking for his phone all the time. He wasn't losing things. So I said, well, what about the organization? And he said, well, and he turns the camera and he says, look at my room. I said, you're in college. It's your dorm room. You can do whatever you want with your room. Is it bothering you that you're closing on the floor? No. I said, do you know where your items are if you need them? He said, yes. I said, then that's not a problem. You know, the reality of it was that he didn't need to use his energy on keeping his room organized. That organized chaos worked for him. I like it a lot. I think you're gonna help a lot of people, but thanks a lot, Stacy. And now back to the episode. Hey y'all. So this is going to be episode one of two of a pair of podcast recordings where we had some technical issues. So the level of editing is going to be a bit lower than the last few episodes that have been coming out. 
That doesn't mean they're still not going to be great. You'll absolutely love these episodes. This episode was really special to me, though I will say there are quite a few trigger warnings for a lot of different things. And the next episode, we had one of the best guests that we've had on the podcast. So I apologize for the technical difficulties, and I hope you enjoy. And we are live back with another episode of Shifting Narrative on Everything Autism. I'm Torin Kearns, and as usual, I'm joined by the Autism Sage herself, Mama Baden. How are you? I am doing good. Doing good. Um, I don't even know what day of the week is, but I know that I'm having a really good day. So we have no guests today. It's just the two of us. This and... is the first episode we've recorded in a while without a guest. This mm-hmm. might not be the first episode you hear in a while without a guest, but in order of how we record it, we've had guests, 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 just a bunch of people happen to get back to us and schedule at the exact same time. We've had a very busy month of March. Some great episodes um, that you've probably already heard that are going to come out. But this first time, it's just been the two of us. So I'm really excited. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about? Well, a few months ago, mm-hmm. I did an episode called Torn Reads his IEP, where I found a bunch of old IEPs when I was a kid and wanted mm-hmm. to read them to give people an idea of what I was like as a kid and sort of the stuff that was being said about me by doctors as a kid. Mm-hmm. But recently, I was searching for some documents, didn't find them. But I did find a bunch of old psychiatric evaluations from when I was a little bit older. So about 12 to 15 in that ballpark, which was a little bit past the first episode, which is like 3 to 12 around there. So it's sort of like a natural sequel because a lot of the stuff that was said there, you see the evolution into the stuff that's being said here. So I wanted to read some of those to give you an idea of my autism journey which is probably what I'm going to call this episode because the first one bombed because it didn't have the word autism in the title and Google gave me the finger. So we're going to do my autism journey. We're going to read my autism journey. I'm going to keep saying that until the algorithm picks us up. Yeah. uh, Before we start, is there anything you want to uh, tell us before we start? No, I don't think so. I'm excited. Let's go. I've heard little bits and pieces of it, but I want to Dig into it. Oh, some some of this stuff made me... I'm going to try to keep a straight face. I'm going to fail because some of this stuff is so absurd that yeah. I couldn't help laughing. So I'm just going to read some bits and pieces. Uh, so this evaluation was done over the course of that year from when I was about 12 to 13. And it's mostly a cycle valve, but there's also stuff about education, stuff like that. The backdrop is at this point, I was basically not attending school due to a variety of reasons, mostly bullying and just not being able to find a school that fit my needs. So I was mostly out of school. You're going to hear that referenced a lot. That's a general theme. That's what most of these evaluations were for, trying to get me into a school. Yeah. It's also going to mention a stint I spent in the loony bin on a psychiatric ward Mm -hmm. because I had some paranoid delusions mainly revolving around, I believe, the it's been a while. I thought the mafia was trying to kill me. My dad had hired the mafia to kill me or something like that. I had, I, I had a real psychotic break around huh. the age of 12. So you're going to hear references to that. So if you hear that, that's what they're referring to. Got so it. the first thing I want to start reading is a psychiatric evaluation. And the first thing it says under psychiatric evaluation is a little asterisk. Please note T, meaning me, is not aware of his parents' substance abuse history. You know it's going to be a banger when that's what they lead off with. Yeah. Not aware that his parents have a drug problem. (laughs) I I wonder if that could have some effect on how the child that's being talked about was parented. That's another thing. I'm likely to refer to myself occasionally in third person. So let's get started. It first starts with reason for a referral. For referral, Torn is a 12-year-old biracial boy who resides with his biological father. His mother died, yada, yada, yada. It talks about my mom dying of an illness. We covered that before. Uh, Torn carries diagnosis of PDD. It keeps saying NOS a bunch of times. I'm not yeah. sure what that means. Not otherwise specified. So the PDD NOS is 
what I know PDD is pervasive developmental disorder, right? When they don't want to give the autism diagnosis, they give that PDD thing. Yeah. Oh, there's a whole bunch of NOSs. That's why I asked oh, about the NOSs. Not otherwise there's a load of NOSs followed by that after diagnosis. You're you're, you're going to see. I've been diagnosed pretty much every disorder in the in the DSM. Oh my gosh. At some point, so he's been diagnosed with PDD. He was previously diagnosed with ADHD. Parentheses preschool depressive disorder, which I guess is depressive depression. That's NOS. Mm -hmm. Disruptive disorder. It sounds like they made that up. Psychosis. Oh, look at that. Bipolar mixed, which is funny because later it's going to say bipolar one. So apparently uh, I, I my bipolar changed in the course of about a month. Torn received psychiatric treatment at the Jewish world. It was the place I was getting therapy where he attended weekly, blah, 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 blah. It just talks about how I was receiving uh, psychotherapy and psychopharmacological treatment. I guess that just means they will pump me full of meds. Yep. Okay. A uh, history of present illness. Torin has a long history of behavioral and emotional problems. That's that's one sentence. That's a new paragraph. So they wow. they want that to stand out. It tells me blah 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 blah. blah. Uh, he stopped attending school in April 2004. In April 2004, Torin was referred to the place that I'm getting this evaluation at. After he held a knife to his chest saying, quote, you see how easy it would be to kill yourself. I should put a bunch of trigger warnings, so I'm going to do it now. Wow. Trigger warning. A bunch yes. of shit. That, that, oh that's your trigger gosh. warning. Because um, that's going to come back in this. The case was reopened. Yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. Treatment. In August of 2004, PT, I guess that means patient. Patient became psychotic, had paranoid ideations that, quote, the mafia is out to get him, and homicidal thoughts against his dad. This is true. He was referred to, to the place I was getting the evaluation for stabilization, and I guess this means treatment of psychiatric disorder. They use a lot of shorthands. That's why mm -hmm. I keep pausing. Uh, okay. So I'm I'm I love how they're aware of the sort of trauma environment that you are uh, came into the world and have lived through and still are in, and then they're aware that there is trauma, hopefully around the fact that you lost a parent, um, and then they're just going to keep giving you diagnosis instead of looking at just trauma, right? Like trauma induced, instead of making it seem like you are a potpourri of every psychotic disorder they can think of. Um, oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. We're, we're going to get to that point. There's going to be a lot of discussion. There's going to be a lot of, I shouldn't say discussion of, there's going to be a lot of listing mm -hmm. of what clearly is trauma, but that's mm -hmm. never going to be mentioned. <laughs> Yeah, never. And what you're it's going, crazy. we'll get to it. We'll get, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. All right. Uh, Torin has ongoing difficulties with emotional regulation, suffering from chronic irritability and angry mood, frequent agitation, angry outbursts, mainly at his father. I'm kind of still like that mm -hmm. when it comes to regulation, anger, and stuff like that. His social interactions are rigid. He's often unintent. He often unintentionally insults and provokes people involved in his life. Yes. The pattern of social awkwardness dates from his early age. He is he he has been having a a significant difficulties. Having a significant difficulties. There's a lot of grammatical errors in these. So get ready for that. Like I mean a lot, a lot. He's been having significant difficulties getting along with other children as they may have teased him mercilessly. Wow. That's just such a mild way of putting it. And then how they end the sentence may have teased him mercilessly. Consequence, consequently, he often voices exaggerate, exaggerated thoughts of killing others and at times himself. So this sounds like a very mentally stable time in my life so far. At this time, he practically does not attend school and has no friends. Gee, I wonder why. That's like the next sentence. I'm not skipping anything. That's the very next sentence. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I told you I was going to fail to keep a straight face. No, it's he, fine. He, he became extremely socially isolated. I wonder why. Corin is also morbidly obese and weighs approximately 300 pounds. For a 12-year-old, that's a lot. Though it is going to come up so much that it's almost creepy how the fascination with my weight, despite me being very overweight. Overeating has been a long-standing problem, yes. Until recently, he was non-compliant with medical follow-ups during this evaluation. He was referred to, to the, the psychiatric place and get his evaluation. Outpatient ser services for evaluation for obesity. Torrance's father has significant physical and mental dif difficulties, con congestive heart failure, and several mental illnesses and depression. They use a lot of shorthand here. That's why I took. So basically, my dad was very ill and was also very mentally ill. Uh, blah, blah, blah. His own, his own meaning my father's health problems are so severe that there's, there have been discussions on where to put me if he dies. Uh, an interview conducted on April 26, 2005, so I would have been just turned 13. Torn denied any psychotic manic symptoms. I don't believe in the mafia. I don't believe the mafia is out to get me. That's a quote. I thought about it when I was crazy. Some reason it's spelled crazy, which I don't know why. It says crazy multiple times, but I, I've never mispronounced crazy to my knowledge. That, that's just weird. Oh yeah, I was God. saying this stuff because I realized if you say crazy stuff, they lock you away. Yes, yes, yes. You're like, okay, how do I get out of here? What is? What do I have to say? What do they want to hear? Exactly. However, he indicated that he feels extremely depressed about his situation, hopeless about the future or improvement. He verbally he 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 verbalizes frustration about the relationship with his father and voiced how his father is quote driving him crazy. Once again, I don't it's spelled C E C R E A S Y. So not even close to crazy. I maybe the person just couldn't hear right. I don't know. Uh he denied suicidal suicidal or homicidal ideations or plans. I was straight lying. I wasn't planning to kill anybody, but I definitely was having suicidal ideations this time. Uh, he expressed a wish to have friends or at least just to have something, quote, something to do as, quote, the boredom is killing him, which is a very me statement. He admitted overeating, but stated that food is, quote, his only, ple his only pleasure. His three, it says tree wishes, his tree wishes. His tree wishes were for his father not to be sick, for him not to be fat, and to be able to eat as much as he wants without getting fat. To be fair, those are those are legitimate wishes. Like I, I, I wish I, could, I wish now that I wasn't fat and I could eat whatever the hell I wanted. I, I don't see how that's. I, why is that a psychiatric evaluation? Those are completely logical things to wish for. I think so. <laughs> like I'm sure some of you listening are like, "Damn, yeah, I wish I could eat whatever I want without getting fat." Who wouldn't? No, they're like I like I like I'm so fond of saying there are autistic people who forget to eat, and I I just can't I can't fathom that, and I need them to teach me their ways. Like how do you just forget to eat? I am always hungry. Anyway, so it goes into it goes into my academic history. It's a whole bunch of basically I'm kind of age I'm kind of age appropriate at the time, but because I've been out of school, I'm a little bit behind. My IQ was a hundred, which. So how how the IQ works is it's based off kids your age, how you measure up. So if you have 110, that means you're 10% smarter than kids your age. You have a 90, you're 10% dumber, effectively. So 100 is dead average. It's about as average you can possibly get, and I was 100. So I'm about as average intellect-wise you can get, which is why I've been saying. Uh, here's some medications. At the time, I was on Seroquel, which is an antipsychotic. And trileptor, which is an epilepsy drug that's used as a mood stabilizer. Inpatient treatment. So this is one I was at this point, I wasn't inpatient, I was an outpatient. When I was an inpatient, I was 12, they put me on uh Rispadol, Depakoti, which I don't know what the hell that is. I think it's a mood stabilizer. Depakote, Depakote. Depakote, yeah. So Rispadol, which which is a mood stabilizer, Depakote. Effexa, Wellbutrin, Geodon, you know, a couple So they here. put you on, on everything. A antipsychotic, an anti seizure, and an anti anxiety. And two antidepressants. And antidepressants. Wellbutrin and Effexa are both antidepressants. All at the same time. Yes, at 12 years old. 
Wow. Yes. <laughs> wow. Dr. Phil would have a fit about this one. <laughs> Dr. Phil, Dr. Phil also said that like we should have never locked down for COVID and that we should just have herd immunity. So there's that. Um, so yeah, that just goes into some of my developmental history. I find this part interesting to give you an idea of where my developmental milestones were. This is mm -hmm. obviously self-reported. No feeding problems were reported, and he seemed to be developing parentheses to his father normally as an infant. The reason they wrote that is I'm about to say some stuff that is not normal. Torn was able to sit without assistance at nine months, cruising between nine and 18 months, and walking at 18 months. He, point, he began pointing at desired objects in the second year, several words at 30 months, and simple sentences at age four. He began receiving speech and language services around age two, so they took a while to kick in. Uh, fully toilet trained at approximately four and a half years old. According to his father, it was evident that he did not behave like other children. His father stated, I had to teach him how to use toys. That's a quote. Another quote, he did not stand touch or would not look at people. That's your pretty standard, like, male autism. Corin receives occupational services, occupational therapy, yada, 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 yada. It says I have some issues with uh, some fine motor problems and problems related to sensory integration. Not sure what that is. And motor planning, which yeah, I don't know what it is. So they've recognized that you have sensory needs. They just don't know what that is because no one has done yeah, this is 2005, so. Yeah. So I'd like to know if your dad, what did he, how did he teach you? What toy did he teach you to play with? He said he had to teach you how to play with toys. No clue. I, I don't remember. There were some action <laughs> figures. They mentioned some action figures in one of these reports. I'm going to speed up a little bit so we're not here all day. Stuff. I mentioned my mom died. Uh, here's some more lists of medication. We already mentioned the effects are in the Risperdal. Uh, they gave me some autism tests with a whole bunch of acronyms and dashes that I don't know what they mean. Uh, basically just found that I'm autistic, uh, but they didn't mention presented atypically, which we're going to get to why that is, by the way. They also diagnosed me with, and this is a quote, mild high-functioning Asperger's. So, Asperger's used to be diagnosed, this is before the DSM got rid of it in 2013, as sort of a mild autism. So mild high-functioning Asperger's is effectively saying mild, mild, mild autism. People yes. went to school for 12 years, get their doctorates, just to make up words. <laughs> yes, they did. Okay, here's some stuff about my language. Torrent developed language late. However, once able to talk, he was, quote, talking nonstop. Yes. <laughs> He has never had stereotypical speech or delayed echolalia. What is that again? I love the way they say stereotypical speech or delayed echolalia. So delayed echolalia is like when kids will repeat something. It's almost like scripting later, right? Like, but it's not, there's a blur layover, I'm, uh, a a blurred line sometimes with scripting and delayed echolalia, but it may be where, let's say, sometimes the teacher is going through the colors or the weather and circle time, and then at home, six hours later at dinner, a kid starts saying, it's sunny outside, and the temperature is, so it's like this delayed echolalia, right, where they took that long to process it and then output it. And This so, is off topic, but is there a reason yeah. for that? It's just, a, it's processing. It needs to be processed and then formulated. You know how you talk about um, uh, the work you have to do to communicate, formulate, and and a lot of things are things yeah. that are the same way said. So it's kind of like that, but it's for kids, right? So it takes them a while besides the fact that they're given a lot of information, right? And so it's like, all right, I have to process when it gets in the queue. Yes, it also says he never had, so I read this, never had stereotypical speech, he does not recall he being my father, his use of convention or instrumental gestures or pointing to express himself. I'm not quite sure what that means either. Huh. Um, Torin has not imitated his father as a child. He used to play with action figures, but not often and without real interest in them. 
as a child, and now he was very sensitive to noises, and he hates to be touched or hugged. He is known to make inappropriate remarks, curses lavishly. I love that. Curses lavish. How does one curse lavishly? I, I wonder how that... Well, let me try that. Let me curse, <laughs> I, I guess... Let, let me just lean into the mic a little bit. Let's so you have all. a lavish vocabulary for cuss words when you were a kid. Yes. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, curses lavishly and in all circumstances, showing little caring about the setting. Yes. Would scream and course, because these people can't spell after 12 years of college, oh aloud at his father and often embarrassed him at supermarket streets or hospitals. Which, oh, yes, you, embarrassed your, you embarrassed your dad. He didn't embarrass you. You embarrassed him. He never. He never did anything wrong, ever. He never did anything wrong. I am. You're going to see a theme here. I, it is entirely my fault. Uh, this, this is restrictive, repetitive, and stereotype behavior patterns. That's the section. As a child, Torn would play with parts of the toy. For example, he would take the wheels off the car. He has particular fascination, interest in subway maps and meteorology, which I actually still do. Mm -hmm. But these interests would not necessarily interfere with his participation in activities that interest him. There are no current or past compulsions or repetitive behaviors or verbal rituals. Yes. I don't, I don't know, I'm laughing at that because that's so demonized, such a typical mm -hmm. autistic trait. Yes. There is no history of stereotypical, there it is again, stereotypical hand or finger movements, which is weird because I'm actually very expressive. I'm expressing with my hand right now. Like, you think Donald Trump does some weird shit with his hands, you see what I do. At present, he has particular order in which he dresses, has to be in a particular old t-shirt to brush his teeth, and and is particularly sensitive to any change in his routine. Yeah, it's pretty typical. That's pretty stereotypical autism. Uh, he has a section called communication. Torin was communicative during the interview. He was interested in toys offered him throughout the interview and comment to himself his like or dislike for a particular toy or object. Basically, so if I had a toy, I would go, hmm, I don't like this. Hmm, I like this, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, however, immediately asks, when will the interview be over as he did not want to enter any, quote, rush hour on his way back home because I don't like crowds. Yes. His use of language was predominantly limited to his interests and there was little reciprocal conversation. There was little indication of, descript uh, of descriptive or conventional gestures throughout the interview. So basically what they're saying is I would just run my mouth and there wouldn't be much of a conversation. And I didn't use a lot of gestures. I'd sort of just monologue, which is weird. Like I said, I'm very expressive in my hands nowadays since I have been for as long as I can remember. So it's I find so this weird. how everyone focuses on autistic kids talking about their interests. And I'm like, but that's what everybody does. I don't talk about things I'm not interested in. I don't understand why that's such a problem. I understand, but I don't understand. Yeah, I, I think because, especially remember, this is 2005, they want to make autistic kids normal. So I was being rated against, he doesn't act normal. Yeah, and, and I know the other part of it is, it's usually a topic that the listener doesn't have context of, right? Like, talking about hurricanes or trains or dinosaurs or whatever it is that, you know, kids want to talk about. I was in the hurricanes when I was a kid. Like during this time, that's what they mentioned to me, the hurricanes, what fascinated me the most. I don't know why. This was during like Hurricane Katrina and stuff. So this is during that big season where there was a million hurricanes all in one year. It mentions I make eye contact well enough, but I don't use a lot of facial expressions or hand gestures. Once again, I find that strange nowadays. This I found interesting. It says he was able to respond to most attempts to engage him in conversation about feelings. He was better at describing what makes him angry, like being teased at school and being annoyed by his father, than to express what makes him happy, like, quote, riding the long train. Not sure what that means. That might have been another typo. I, I think I was saying I like train rides. That might have been a typo on the doctor's part. However, he has difficulty to, he had difficulty to describe <laughs> this grammar is just amazing. Full of surprise worthy. He had difficulty describing what it felt to be happy, afraid, or sad. Quote, I have no empathy. I am not sad for my mother or my father. I am angry with them. My father seems to always be sick all my life. That, that, that's in a quote. 
That's in a his, valid statement. Yeah. I, it's weird. They're like, he, he he suffers from all these things, but yet he's fully aware that he lacks empathy. Which is sort of, if he can feel his feelings, that would sort of indicate that he does not in fact lack empathy. That's neither here nor there. I don't think that has anything to do with having empathy. I think that has to do with I am a child and it sucks that my parents are not caretakers and they're sick all the time. That's not about having empathy. That's about having a valid feeling of, uh, I would like to just be a kid and have a parent that does what they're supposed to do. Seriously. There's a quote later on. I'm not sure where it is. I don't feel like digging for it, but it said something, I believe it's in this paper. It said something along the lines of Torin was preoccupied with the fact that his dad was sick, he was poor and he had no supports. So and if, you were preoccupied with your reality of your life? Yes. So basically, they were as if that was, those are irrational positions to be upset yes. about. Like, his life yeah. is in the shitter. We don't know why he's yeah. so upset. Don't focus on the fact that you're poor and your dad is a drug addict and sick, okay? Um, try to find the happy moments, Torin. I mean, really... Oh my gosh. This is great. This is, I, I love do, these. I love these. They kids to talk about their feelings, but nobody wants to validate them. They just want them to change them to happiness. And that's not like life. No, exactly. Like, to be fair, you're just training them to be adults. That's how we treat adults too. Yeah, but that's why adults have all these issues as well. Nobody wants to talk about the fact that it really pisses me off that my parent is terminally ill and I have to stop my job in order to take care of them. That doesn't mean you don't love them and you don't want to take care of them, but that doesn't, you can still be pissed about it. Oh, actually, here's the line. It was the line I was okay. referring to was actually right under where I was reading. Go figure. All right, go ahead. Stereotype, it's under stereotype behaviors and restrictive interests. Torin was preoccupied with his misfortune of having a sick father, being poor, and having no supports. So I pretty much got support right. It talked about how I show low compassion towards my father and was predominantly oh. concerned about my own problems. Oh my God, you child, you're supposed to be compassionate for, oh, I can't even take it. Who is that person? Let me look them up on Facebook right now. <laughs> Who signed I, I that I think evaluation? a bunch of people wrote this. It then says, there is no indication of stereotypic behaviors or unusual sensory interests. The hell does that mean? Say it again. There was no indication of stereotypic behaviors or unusual sensory interests. Ah, so you weren't flapping your hands looking like a typical autistic person and just like stemming in the corner, banging your head on a wall. That's what does really that have to do with anything, though? Nothing, but that's what people say all the time. And according to this, I'm a complete sociopath. The flapping the hands would, 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 would not be that big of a deal. So I, I have an idea. I think we should take the list of names of all the people who did evaluations on you and IEPs, and we should do a search and find them. And then we should get a TV show to sponsor us to go and say, hi, I'd like to read something that you said about me when I was a child. <laughs> I would totally love to do that. I oh, know, wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, here's a, here's a funny description. In his description of friendship and marriage, hi, it said he, hi, hi, had no friends. And he said, people get married to quote, lose their freedom and was not sure what could be so nice about marriage. <laughs> lose your freedom. Cause you had so much freedom as a child. And, and you could see the, the contrast between single folks and married folks and the freedom, right? Freedom to do what is what I would have asked you if I was a psychologist. I was such a low asshole. And then there's this, this finishes up with more references to me being obese and I'm biracial. They seem to obsess over that a lot too. The obesity thing I understand. There's like five mentions per exact valuation about how I'm biracial. That's that's a little weird. But this is under me mental status examination. Torrance is a 12 year old biracial black and Caucasian uh -uh. male, significantly obese, looks older than his stated age, <gasps> casually dressed, and somewhat unkempt. This is under mental status examination. The whole first sentence has nothing to do with mental status. And just is about making you look like this raggedy little homeless child during the depression. I can't yes. even take the it. The hell does me being biracial have to do with any of this though? Nothing. And how you're dressed. What oh does my, my obesity have to do with my mental status? What does how I, like, what the, 
Okay, that 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 is weird to me. I I don't know. It's inappropriate. That's what it is. He he entered the room and greeted and greeted only after being greeted by the examiner. I'm not sure what's wrong with that. I guess they expect me to oh, run in the room like, hey, it. what's good? What's good, y'all? My name is Thorin Curves. What's good, random people I don't know? My name is Thorin Curves. <laughs> See, that would have been weirder, in my opinion. Like when they take kids and throw them in ABA so they can only like repeat social skills because like they don't actually, they can't do it naturally because they weren't allowed to develop it. That's what that sounds like versus only Lord, greeting someone when I'm greeting. They marked it against you that you didn't walk in the room greeting them when you're the child and they're the adults. And they already know, well, maybe they knew you were autistic, but the fact that they noted it just drives me crazy. Like, I can't even stand it. It then says he immediately complained about needing to come to get another doctor. I believe that. That sounds like you. He occasionally looked at the examiner, but the gaze was not engaging, which is weird because in, in this, this, this all from one examination, from a series, this is all in one report, even though it was a series of examinations. Ah, so earlier yes. they said my eye contact was completely adequate. So they've just they've just changed that. Uh, eye contact was was not engaging. He was cooperative, but frequently worked himself into a state of anger and agitation, particularly if he talks about his father and how much he annoys him. No abnormal movements or ticks were observed. His verb. Well, this is all on their mental status. None of this has anything to do with... I'm halfway through the paragraph. None of this has anything to do with mental status except the fact that I get annoyed with my father. His verbal output was very productive, but montaneous and with an unusual prosody. That's like a sing-songy voice. I have to look it up. So I guess I know that. Basically, I was talking... I was kind of talking like this. No prosody. Uh, no prosody. Yes. Uh... Still don't know what the hell that has to do with uh, mental size, but okay. His mood was reported was his mood reported was bad quote bad. I feel awful, angry at the world and my father. You think these would be some red flags? That like wow. everything in this report so far, you you would think some of this would set some alarm bells off, but none of them did. Wow. Uh, he denied suicidal ideation and homicidal ideations again. His thinking was linear, goal-directed, and his thought process was well-formulated and organized, but inflexible, pretty typical of autistic kids, especially boys. I'm adding that. That's not what it said. He denied any unusual perceptions. Uh, his judgment was limited, and there was a lack of cognitive fluency. Mm -mm. I'm not sure what that means. His insight was limited as well. It says this in multiple reports, and I don't know what that means. Your insight was limited. Yeah, and it says that multiple times across one well, about across the reports that I'm reading today. And I don't know. I don't know. Uh, my best guess is maybe they mean inter like introspective ability, so your ability to understand like how your own actions reflect on others. That's what I'm guessing it means. Maybe. But that's introspective ability. That's introspective ability. I think yeah. they had that word back then. Got it. Um, I think that's what it means. And he had a tendency to see in the world from his own perspective, blaming others for his troubles. Okay, yeah, that, that's what they mean. Mm -hmm. I'm mad that a 12-year-old is blaming others for his troubles. Mm -hmm. As if I have some control over everything they just mentioned. He declined to do a simple calculation saying, quote, I'm bad at math. And he did not feel like spelling world backwards and doing a serial sevens. I'm not sure what serial sevens is. He was alert to play state and people. Uh, so basically, I didn't want to do some dumb test. It makes no sense. And in the summary, they, in the summary, and by the way, in the same thing before that, they noted that my math was like three years behind grade level. So legitimately, it wasn't me being lazy. They they noted themselves that was bad math. Uh, once again, Torrance, twelve year old biracial. What the hell is with this? Thing? Oh this is my the third god! Time we this. should play a drinking game every time you read. In okay. So all the listeners, you have to pause and rewind and go get shot glasses. And every time you hear Torin read biracial in a report, you need to take a shot. We're going to make it a drinking game. <laughs> and now we're on to the next one. You were alert. Was, this was done, I think, a year later. So it's 2006. This was about mm -hmm. a year later. I would have been 14 years old. Yeah, 14, 14. Uh, 
Dorian Kerr is a 14-year-old biracial, biracial descent. Jesus oh, Christ. my His gosh. father is Caucasian of Irish descent, which he's not. He's Polish. My dad lied through his teeth. And his mother is African-American. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's the first sentence. If we were playing a tricking game, we'd all be dead by now. Uh, it just talks about a living situation, living with his father, mom died, all the same stuff, yada, yada, yada. Uh, it does say, Torrance escalating symptoms coupled with his father's instability to provide consistent support, stability, and structure have made the home life untenable. This is part of a referral to try to get me put in foster care. Mm-hmm. Torrance diagnosis includes disruptive behavior disorder, depressive disorder, NOS, Asperger's disorder, and psychotic disorder. Wow. NOS. What does NOS mean? Not, not not otherwise specified. What's that mean exactly? We don't know what the hell to say, so we're just going to throw this on there. Oh, That's so exactly. literally we're just going to throw words on the paper. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, it's like an other. Torrance current symptoms include, this is a year later, remember, Torrance current symptoms include verbal and physical aggression, school refusal, because they never solved the bullying problem, phobias, and great difficulty with affect regulation i talk louder than i think which annoyed me if they say this because they mentioned multiple times i have bilateral hearing loss in the same ah. in the same paper and all yeah. of my papers say i have hearing loss so it's like you already know why uh, this is most of it's just a rehash of what i already said though i do find this interesting related to asperger's torn has many phobias and obsessive thoughts that make it difficult for him to go to school the thing is, none of the reasons I didn't go to school was phobia-related. My big phobia was was insects. That, that, that didn't keep from going to school, though. School attendance has been an issue for some time. Most recently, he was placed, blah, 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 which had a special class of children, blah, blah, blah. Torn has refused to attend school because he was teased on the bus by some children and has not gone in two months. This is a glorious sentence of just understatement. Despite varying attempts to resolve this problem, Torrin continues to refuse to go to school. Yeah, because the problem wasn't solved. Notice how yeah. they say we didn't solve the problem. They said we attempted to solve the problem. We didn't, but we don't know why he still refuses to don't go. Know. We have no idea. We have no idea. We have absolutely <laughs> no idea. Yeah. I'm now 350 pounds is a year later, oh. which I believe was accurate. So are you still biracial? Uh uh, I Let's keep check. reading, I'm Let's sure check. it'll say. I'm still on the first page, so I'm sure it'll say it eventually. Uh, all torn symptoms are complicated and exacerbated by situation at home. Torn's father has similar difficulties with emotional regulation, often lashing out angrily. You know, at that point, you should have just stopped writing and said, oh, we under everything else makes sense, but they kept writing. Torn's mm-hmm. father has great difficulties setting limits and providing any structure at home. Basic needs such as cooking and cleaning are a great effort for Torn's father, especially nutrition, as Torn currently weighs 350 pounds. Torn's father has a history of severe clinical depression himself and has been treated for many years at the Audubon Clinic, which is a, a psychiatric slash methadone clinic. Mm-hmm. He exhibits similar symptoms as Torn, and there is a possibility that he may have Asperger's himself. In addition, Torrance's father is severely limited by physical illness, including heart failure and diabetes. I love how they're just writing, their aunt, they answer their own questions, and they still keep writing, mm-hmm. as if like they were being paid by the word count. It's like, when you have a college paper, um, any of y'all went to college, you remember how you had a certain word count you had to hit? So you had to yes. extend things out. So instead of saying, I, can, I, I can't, you wrote, due to present circumstances, I am unable to can. Oh, Just to stretch things out. That's how this reads. Uh, Torin and his father are very enmeshed, both expressing expressing both hate and deep need for each other and for each other to extremes. Torin's father mentions that Torin is his only purpose in life. Yeah, my dad would say me, tell me that frequently, that if he didn't have me, he would just off himself. Um, currently, Torin sees blah, blah, blah. It's just about me receiving psychotherapy. It's all boring. Uh, set a whole bunch of more medications <laughs> that they have me on. Wow. Uh, okay. And now this is the last one. I wonder if there's going to be another mention of me being biracial. I actually have an IUP. Are story. you still biracial or did you grow I out of it? it? Right? This is from about a year later, so I'm about 15. And I actually have an IUP too from this time, which I'm not going to read, but I assure you it does mention I'm biracial. Uh, it says reason for referral. I think this is for this is for another psychiatric evaluation. Oh, at, at least I have the name of this guy. At home, I'm not gonna say his name on the podcast, but 
At home, he curses his father, referring to me, has outbursts of anger, mostly caused by his father, whom he, referring to me, says, is very angry, depressed, and all he does is curse and yell at me for everything. Wow. Once again, this is one of those things where you should stop writing at this point. Yes. Because yes. You, you problem solved. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I wonder why he seems so hostile to his father. You, any idea, if you read if you read a psychiatric evaluation, I, I, I'm not sure. I don't know personally. I can't figure out why this kid is so hostile towards father. Has such a negative outlook on the world. Hmm. Don't know. I the parts I didn't read were also references to both my fam, my parents being drug addicts and the fact that they met in the exact same outpatient psychiatric uh, clinic that I was being evaluated in at the time. We go to different places to find love. Um, and, and sometimes that's in the loony bin. That's right. I remember one time a friend of mine called and said, oh my gosh, I think this is wrong. I think it's wrong, but I don't know what to do. And I'm like, what? She's like, well, I went to a funeral for one of my classmates and met a guy and we've been dating. And I feel really bad because I, I, I found love at a funeral. <laughs> I'm like, you never know. Psych ward, hey. Yeah. I mean, I hear people in rehab hook up all the time, right? You find exactly. somebody who's got to stay off drugs like you do, you have to. Exactly. I'm sure it's going to be completely stable, have no uh, uh, repercussions yeah. or None. produce any kids with psychological issues. It also says all of the yelling by his father, quote, pisses me off. That's why I said, oh, he, wow. He, referring to me, feels imprisoned in his father's home with all the yelling, only having his paternal aunt is arrested on some weekends. His sleep is appropriate, but he goes to bed at weird hours. I still do. Uh, lately, there is construction next to his window and not letting him sleep. His mm -hmm. mood is chronically irritable and angry. I wonder why. <laughs> with frequent agitation and angry outbursts, mainly at his father. I wonder why. Wow. He says when he's extremely stressed, uh, he when he is extremely stressed, referring to me, I will make I will make a quote very scary laugh. That is almost like a psychotic episode. It is so strange that he will either explode in rage against his father or break things. Mm -hmm. uh, he feels depressed about his father's illness and many quote suppressed memories. Like oh, the wow. divorce of his parents at age five and the death of his mother when he was 11 and seeing his mother have a seizure in front of him and seeing his father have multiple heart attacks in front of him or self-imposed right. loneliness. He says, quote, okay. my life sucks. All right. <laughs> this is in no, in no way, shape or form is this, is this just listing a child clearly suffering from PTSD. <laughs> no, like completely normal. It's just, he's just yep. an that's what's wrong with this kid. He's just an asshole. Wow, wow. I can't even take it. So this is this is a this is two years after the first evaluation and still mm -hmm. says he refused to attend school because he's teased by his peers who call him retarded. Says retard, it's a misspelling, call him retarded, which makes him sad and angry as he knows it's not true. He also refuses to attend any special ed program that has retarded children in it. As he says, he is not capable of learning. As he says, he is capable of learning at an average rate. That's not a quote. The doctor wrote, in his words, any special ed program that has retarded children in it. Uh, blah blah. It says I voice I voice dark thoughts about killing people. Yada yada yada. Yes. So basically, I sound like a potential school shooter at this point in my life. He has no friends and extremely socially socially isolated. He admits that he has sabotaged some some of the place of the school placements on purpose as he gets angry easily, so he just acts up to get out of the situation. What? That was me saying that I purposely act up to get out of the situation yeah. I don't want to be in. Smart move. He is sorry he disrupted his placement at one particular school. He feels shunned by his peers as they see the good, quote, as they see the good in me and treat me like an outcast because I do not behave like them. In other words, they see me as soft. That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hold on. Just turning the page on this. But yeah, this seems completely normal, like like completely rational of any kid to do. Uh, it says, I don't want to go, I don't want to go on school buses because that's why I bully the most. He is morbidly obese. There's a, there's a morbidly obese. Oh, reference. no, there's a beast. You're still obese. Yeah, still obese. And he mm -hmm. says that, quote, his only, his only pleasure as it is, 
and says food is, quote, his only pleasure, as is the only thing that lessens his tension and calms down his anger. He wants to eat as much as he wants. He wants to eat as much as he can without being fat. Once again, still wish I could do that. He likes to write and tell jokes. To, he likes to write and tell jokes. He goes to the library daily to research Civil War, which is a special interest of mine back then. Mm-hmm. The fascinating thing is it says that he see, he calls himself an expert. And then later yeah. on, it basically says, yeah, he's an expert. <laughs> like they never refute the fact that I knew my stuff. Uh, he has not been to school for one and a half years. He refused to attend. Uh, and it just lists the last school I was in. It lists that my IQ was average. I'm behind grade level on almost everything, but particularly math. It's not really super important. Uh, psychiatric history. His father has depression, has heart problems. For some reason, those are two separate sentences. Child mm-hmm. resents him. Be- child resents him being ill. Referring to me, resents his father being ill. Uh, his, uh, it says I had paranoia, delusions of the mafia coming after me and homicidal thoughts against my father. We've already covered that. Uh, knife to the chest. We already covered that. Uh, a lot of this just repeats stuff we already covered. His thinking is inflexible. Mood is angry, mostly focused on his father with constricted effect, affect. That's const- I'm not sure what that means. Uh, as- diagnosed Asperger's bipolar one. So I told you it switched. So now it's bipolar one instead of mixed. ADHD, disruptive behavior disorder. They added, dis- it used to be disruptive, now it's disruptive behavior disorder. Uh, parent, parent child relational problem. Wow. I really feel like this is made, like I said, they're, they're pulling this out of this. There has been several diagnoses in the past of ADHD. These are all things I've been diagnosed with at some point ADHD, PBD, press disorder, disruptive disorder, psychotic disorder, bipolar disorder. Those are all stuff I've been diagnosed with. Uh, this made me kind of sad. It was talking about my medication, and oh. it said, he, he said, quote, well, butrin, well, butrin keeps me up, and the trileptal makes me drowsy, so it works out. <gasps> he sometimes oh. takes Benadryl for sleep. He has been treated with Risperdal while hospitalized, Depocte, Effexa, Wellbutrin, Geodon, and Seroquel in the past. I'm, oh. By this point, I'm not 15 yet. <laughs> I've been on all these different things. Uh, we're almost done with this. Mother has di- mother had diabetes and insulin and was on methadone. So was my father. Uh, I had experienced delays in speech, uh, having to be taught to, once again, having to be taught to use toys. I had gross fine motor skill issues, sensory integration delays, which before it said I didn't, now it's saying I do. Mm-hmm. What is that again? Sensory integration delays? So it's really just sensory processing. And so... Um, the sensory processing, you know, is where your, your eight sensory systems, um, take in information, process it and give messages to the brain. Well, they also have to communicate with one another, which is sort of that integration, right? So there are therapists, OT therapists, occupational therapists who are specially trained, specially trained in providing what we call sensory integration therapy. Um, it's slightly different than, um, like providing sensory diet of activities and all those other things um, because it's, it requires uh, specific training in terms of the motor movements and things that they're doing. But um, yeah, it's all the same. So they mention your sensory, but they don't go into it. I see. It also mentions hearing loss and speaks in a loud, booming voice. And for some reason, they haven't put the two together. Torn uh, mm-hmm. is mental status. Thorne is a 14, nine-month-year-old adolescent male who is neatly dressed, groomed, and is tall. So now I'm groomed instead of unkempt. And they even mentioned me being biracial, so that's an improvement. Uh, he makes good eye contact, relates well with his aunt and the evaluators. His speech is clear and coherent, but quite loud. His psychomotor activity is mildly increased, but his attention span is adequate. What's psychomotor? Motor? Um, gosh. I feel like I should be confident in answering this question. Um, it's almost like, um, you know, I'm not going to answer because I'm going to give the listeners the wrong name. <laughs> I'm going to look it up and I'm going to answer. Go ahead. No, it's he fine. denies hallucinations now or ever. His, his mood is angry. He is alert and oriented to person, place, and time. His memory is quite good and his intelligence is average. His insight is limited, but his judgment is a bit better. 
I think the last evaluation was flipped. The judgment is limited. His insights get better. Gotcha. Uh, Florence 14 years old. Blah, blah, blah. It just repeats the, the same stuff. Diagnosis of Asperger's and a history of bipolar. I have a history of bipolar. It doesn't go away. With a terrible relationship with his father, who's been out of school for over 18 months, referring to me. Uh, one, it repeats the Asperger diagnosis for some reason. It says, child has full Asperger's diagnosis from an early age, but is much more socially appropriate now. I just rolled my eyes. He wants to have a social life and go to school. He still has some quirks, such as a fascination with the Civil War, history, and some social rigidity. His only outlet is the internet, but he's broken and tells jokes, which he feels too angry to do at this time. Fun right. fact about the internet, it didn't work for five years because my dad fancied himself a tech expert, so one day the internet went out. And he refused to fix it, so he was still paying for it five years with no internet during, ah! during like my teenage years. So by the time I entered school, I was so backwards technology wise because we didn't have internet. That's just a little fun fact there. His relationship oh, with his father is terrible. They argue all the time. His father has a long history of mental illness as well as being on methadone and now has multiple medical issues and is older. Father cannot father cannot seem to control his temper with his son, even with family therapy. Uh, there is some respite when he goes to visit his aunt on some weekends, but they're not really enmeshed. At the time, I wasn't close with my aunt, and she was the only relative that was in my life. Uh, the, the, the child needs a placement for this, for school, this is for recommendations for school. The child needs a placement for mild, high functioning Asperger's teenagers. So, not only mm -hmm. do I have mild, high functioning Asperger's, I need a school full of a bunch of people with a made up disorder. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much it in terms of these. Uh, one of the things I wanted to note is the reason I'm so against, I wouldn't say so against, but the reason I question diagnosis at an early age is because notice here what they're writing is clearly a kid coming out of a very abusive household with two parents yes. who are incredibly mentally unstable, who is clearly suffering from PTSD. And none of that is mentioned because they use the autism to sort of wrap everything around it. Even exactly. saying that my autism presents, quote, atypically, yeah. So instead of pointing that out, and instead of looking a little deeper, they instead say, oh, he's an, he, he, he is Asperger's. That's why he acts like such an asshole. Yeah. And we need to just treat the Asperger's. And if I hadn't been diagnosed with that, or if I would have presented less autistic, mm -hmm. they maybe they would have still gaslight me, but they would have had to find something else to do it instead of just using the autism to ignore all the other problems. So that's one of the- gaslight you. They would have still gaslight you because you were a little biracial boy. Yeah, true. Fair enough. Um, as as mentioned obese. five or six times, an obese yeah. biracial boy. They yes. they gotta go out of their way to to, to mention those things if it has some bearing. Yes. Like the obesity thing, I understand because I was so overweight. What I don't understand is what the biracial part has to do with much of anything besides mentioning it once. I know. And what is what is, I guess, good now is that. We now have people that recognize that. So now we have training on trauma-informed therapists, right? Trauma and, and sort of how to do that. Trauma, um, uh, what's the word? I hate the word awareness, but it is about awareness because now they're starting to talk about it because they didn't before. However, I do want to clarify psychomotor because it's one of those words where I see all the time and I'm like, oh, I get how it, it's like, what is that you understand by context when you read by context? So, of course, I knew and, and everyone knows it has to do with motor, which is movement. So it has to do with the skill of movement, but it has to do with the original, the originality of it in terms of like your coordination, your dexterity, your strength, how flexible you are, how fast you are, right? Can you throw a ball? Can you type? And so it just has to do with utilizing um eye-hand coordination activities, bilateral coordination, all of those things. That makes sense. Yeah, I struggled with all of those as a kid to, to a mm -hmm. significant extent. I yes. can tell you that right now. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, the last thing I want to say is the reason I wanted to read that, besides make some jokes, and besides the fact that, according to this, I am very sociopathic and narcissistic and only like to talk about myself. See, y'all thought I was making a self-deprecating joke. But actually, according to these people, this true. I am actually a little monster. But I, the other, the main reason I wanted to do this is, mm -hmm. unfortunately, doctors still say a lot of this stuff. They still gaslight kids a lot. And I, I wish, I wish this was something that happened to me 15 years ago, 
and it doesn't happen anymore. And we just sit back, we can laugh. But unfortunately, we kind of can't because we still need to shift that narrative. There's the name yes. plug. We still need to shift that narrative to keep other Torrens who are 12, 13, 14 years old from being painted in this sort of light the way I was. And that's yes. why I do this podcast. That's why I'm glad I have this platform. And yeah, uh, Stacey, do you have anything else to say before we get going? Um, you know, I guess if I'm talking to parents who are listening, just um, don't read into evaluations too literally in black and white. Um, don't let the numbers overwhelm you. And um, take advantage of your parental rights if you disagree with something um, written. And, um, you know, I believe everybody has a right to say, I want you to change the way you worded this. I am a huge advocate for changing wording because if someone were to pick up Torrens reports and read it, they would have a very miscued um, view of what was really going on. So that's all I have to say. And Stacy, that's why we're working to shift the narrative on everything autism so don't forget to share have a listening party i should like promote that on social media like have a shifting the narrative um i should do one like i don't know so much to coordinate anyway get we together should. that'd be fun eventually we'll do that yeah get in like get five, five, five years from now when we're rich we can hire assistants to do all that stuff for us oh gosh you are so funny thank See you all for listening. Bye.